Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. Really good to see you. My name is Ed, and um, we've been uh, here in this church since the beginning. We're the founding pastors, Gail and I. Uh, we had the privilege of found, founding this church back in 1989, I think it was. It's been a long, long journey, a long time, and still here. I'm still standing. Da da da. Yeah, that's only because of the grace of God. <laughs> and uh, but tis the season to be jolly. Tra la 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 la. We are in the Christmas season, and I, I look forward to Christmas now. But that was not always the case. There was a time where I thought, oh, Christmas is coming. Everybody else is happy. I'm not happy, and everybody else has family and friends, and we were missionaries, or I am, Gail's from Australia, but missionaries on the Sunshine Coast, came here, left family, left friends, left everybody, come on, say poor old Ed, poor Ed, and and, uh, (laughs) left all my sports, everything I loved, and came here to this terrible place, I mean, (laughs) with beautiful beaches and blue sky, and you know, the beautiful weather and everything else. Well, we are so blessed uh, beyond belief because we have family, and that family is here this morning. We're seated with family. But one of the challenges that I find during the Christmas season uh, in particular, because we're about to probably meet with friends and family more than perhaps any other time during the year. We get together, we eat, And the fact is that not everybody that we gather with are following Jesus. If your family is anything like mine, the majority aren't following Jesus, and I'm somewhat of a mystery to them because I am. And I used to find that very, very awkward, getting together, especially as a new Christian. I found it very awkward to share my faith. And that's where we're going to go this morning. I want to talk about how to share your faith. It's something that perhaps you're really good at that. Perhaps it just comes natural. I don't know. It did it for me. And uh, I I, I remember making that that shift or that transition out of my old lifestyle, my old way of life, the party scene and, uh, you know, drugs and all the rest of it. Uh, And many of you have a similar story, and maybe you don't. I don't know. But you've got a story. You've got a testimony of how you met Jesus and what it means to follow Jesus. But translation, it gets lost in translation sometimes. Trying to translate that is like trying to translate a language. We we have had students staying with us from all over the world, most recently from Japan. And it's interesting watching somebody learn a new language. In fact, one of our students said, I feel like a baby. And I said, exactly. I've been to other countries where I've had to uh, go through a translator. I didn't speak the language, Russia, uh, Brazil, Portuguese, uh, Japan, all, all of these places where it's like, I don't speak the language. I'm totally at the mercy of somebody else called the translator. And when you don't speak the language, you don't speak the language. You can't communicate. And The fact is that most people that we're trying to translate our new life into and explain our faith to, they don't get it. It's like a foreign language to them. It's not their fault because we were all 
on that other side, so to speak, at one time or another. And we made that journey. We, we crossed over to following Jesus. Going to church, of course, comes with that. Uh, prayer, worship, talking to God, hearing the voice of God. How does that work? You what? You hear, the, you hear God speak to you? Really? <laughs> you know, these are great questions that people have. And perhaps you, you have those questions in you here this morning. But sharing your faith can be very awkward. It can be very hard to navigate conversations, perhaps at work. What'd you get up to on the weekend? Uh, well, did you watch the game? Yeah, watched it. Got up early Sunday morning, watched the, the big game. Uh, not a good outcome, I might add, but anyway. It is for Japan. Japan's doing great. They, they won again. Like, give it up for the Japanese. Like, woo, World Cup. Yeah, oh, not much. You're not happy for the Japanese? I'm very happy for the Japanese. They won. <laughs> and what, they beat Germany, I think it was. And, but what else did you get up to on Sunday? Hello, went to church. You what? <laughs> you go to church. Are you religious? Uh, no, no, I'm not religious, but I went to church. I thought that was the same thing. You see, the language translation, it gets lost in translation. So the season we're in, it's, a, it's an incredible opportunity. It's a time where we have chances to uh, explain our faith and share our faith with people that don't, don't have any faith, and yet it's incredibly awkward to explain salvation, relationship with God, hearing from God. I didn't know how to act around some of the people that I used to party with, and now I'm not doing all that stuff. I didn't know how to act around some of the family that, that have known me from day one. And then we get together. And, and like I said, so many of them aren't following Jesus. They don't have faith. How, 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 how do you act? And herein was my problem. It's not an act. I realized that following Jesus and sharing my faith is not an acting job. It has to come through who you are. You have to legitimately be that person. And then you're not acting. You're not worried about, oh, should I act pious around them? Uh, how, do I, how, how do I behave? Should I swear, not swear? Should I have a drink, not have a drink? Should I, should I, should I, should I? All of these things. How am I supposed to act like yourself? Just be who you are. Now, if you can't be who you are and you have to act, you really need to ask yourself a serious question. Why can't I just be myself? when I'm around people that have no faith or little faith? Why can't I just relax when I'm at a party just like I might be relaxed here at church? Or why am I more relaxed at the party and I'm uptight when I come to church? Both of these are really good questions that you've got to ask yourself. Why are you acting if you are acting indeed? Why can't you just settle in and be who you are, and why can't who you are be the witness of Jesus Christ in your life? See, so many people think, and I thought this in the beginning, in the beginning, I thought 
that I had to witness to people. And there is an element of that, of course, you know, speaking the truth and sharing something verbally, giving a defense of your faith or a reason why people would want to believe. But it's not so much witnessing, it's more being the witness. You shall be witnesses. I think it's Acts chapter 1, verse, verse 8, I believe it is. When, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall be my witnesses, Jesus said in Jerusalem, Judea, and the outer parts of the wor- earth. You become the witness. It's not so much witnessing. It's not door knocking necessarily, unless God leads you to do that. It's the everyday life that you're already living, showing up at that job, being part of the Christmas party afterwards, after work. Uh, uh, I remember being part of office parties after I became a Christian, and they're getting, you know, they're they're getting, what do you call it? I used to call it something faced, but I won't say that. They're, they're getting off their face. <laughs> And uh, everybody's drunk, and, you know, people are doing things that they're really embarrassed about the next, the next Monday. It's like, yeah, I saw you at the party. It's like, oh, their heads are sore the next day and everything else. Now, I started following Jesus. And quite frankly, I might go to one of those parties. Sometimes I didn't because it was just so inappropriate. But how... Do you share faith with people that have no faith or have little faith? Well, I want to give, give us just a few, um, a few ways to do that, but I want to go to Luke chapter 5, verse 27 to 31. Jesus goes to a party. <laughs> I love it. In Luke chapter 5, verse 27, it says, after this, now, after this, kind of have to set the, set the scene here. Jesus has had a, a big day. He's healed a man of leprosy. His whole body was covered with leprosy. He came, threw himself down at Jesus and said, Lord, if you're willing, heal me. Jesus says, I'm willing. Done. The guy gets up totally, totally healed. I mean, leprosy would be the one thing that uh, I, would, I would pick COVID over that any day of the week. Leprosy, your fingers, your toes, everything's your ears. Everything's falling off. It's like your flesh is rotting. It's just got to be one of the most hideous uh, diseases uh, of all time. <laughs> and, and this guy has it. It says he's covered with it. So he gets healed. That's a pretty big deal. Jesus' disciples, some of them are witnessing this. He's already picked uh, Peter and John, the fishermen, and, and he's about to pick Levi, otherwise known as Matthew. Some of his disciples have a lame man, and they bash a hole in Jesus' roof, and they lower him down to get him into the prayer meeting, and Jesus prays for this guy, and he's totally healed. They've wit- they're witnessing incredible miracles. And now he comes to Luke 5, He's about to call one of his other disciples, a man named Levi. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector. That might not be a big thing for us right now, but back then, tax collectors were like the scourge of society. They were kind of on the side of Rome, on the side of the government, and now they're taking people's money, and they had a reputation for being really, really corrupt, not like tax collectors today. And he saw a tax collector by the name of Levi 
sitting at his tax booth. Now get this. Follow me, Jesus said to him. Two words. And Levi does three things. He got up, he left everything, and he followed him. <laughs> then he does a fourth thing that I find as amazing as the other ones. He got up, he left everything, and he followed Jesus. And then it says he had a great, he held a great banquet, a party, in other words, for Jesus at his house. Those four things are not coming from a man that is undecided. Those four things are not coming from somebody that hasn't made up their mind. Those four things in require incredible faith. To get up, in other words, he got out of his seat of collecting taxes. He is about to quit his job. He is about to leave the security of full-time employment with all the benefits and everything that comes with uh, working for the tax office back in his day. He got up. He left everything, not just part of it, and he followed him. And then he held a great banquet. In other words, he's about to announce to the whole world, I'm a Jesus follower. He's about to show his colors. He's about to come out of the closet. He's about to make a radical statement to everybody. And if that's not enough, he throws a party to tell everybody, this is the guy now that I am following right now radically. I've left everything. Guys, I'm not working for the tax office anymore. Uh, I'm throwing this party. I'm going to spend a lot of money probably on, uh, on this banquet. And I'm announcing to the world that I'm following him. And Levi had a great banquet for Jesus at his house. And a large crowd of tax collectors, these are fellow employees, <laughs> and I like this, and others. Others. Do you know who others are? <laughs> so tax collectors are bad enough, but then there's others. You know, others. We're eating with them. But the Pharisees, I love this group of people because they're everywhere. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belong to their sect. <laughs> they complained because that's what they do. They complained to his disciples. Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors? Here they identify what, who the others are. And sinners. <laughs> the party wasn't for <laughs> the holy ones. The party wasn't for the church people, if you will. They already converted. The party, he invited everybody. I'm going to announce to the whole world, I'm going to show who I'm following. I'm not embarrassed about this. This is who I am. This is who I'm following. Come to my party. Come and meet him. And, and come as you are. Sinners also invited. I love that. 
I love that about Levi, and I love that about anybody that gets radically saved, is following Jesus. You can tell because they get up, they leave everything, they follow him, and then they're not afraid to mingle. They're not afraid to invite people that are different. So the Pharisees and the, and the law, they got their sect. Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, is it not the healthy who need a doctor? It's not the healthy, rather, who need a doctor, but the sick, which is all of us. So how do I share my faith? Have faith! <laughs> you think, oh, that's pretty obvious. How do I share my faith? Have faith! I can't share chocolate if I don't have any chocolate. I mean, that's pretty simple, isn't it? You can only share what you already have. If you don't have it, you can't share it. So how do I share my faith? I have to have faith. Faith is a deep-seated trust, so much so that you could get up, leave everything, follow Jesus, and even spend the money to throw a banquet when you're unemployed. Trusting him so much, having faith is deep-seated trust. I trust Jesus that much that I'm going to trust him with my life. I'm going to follow him. even No matter what it means, I'm forsaking everything to follow him. I trust him so much that I'm even going to empty my bank account and throw a party for all these people that don't know him yet. Sometimes... We go about trying to share our faith, trying to work something up, trying to, like I said before, trying to act like somebody that we're not, trying to pretend, try, trying to work something. And it's awkward because everybody knows, hey, you don't really believe that very much because I watch your life. And your life will always tell you out, always. If you don't have any chocolate, if you don't have any faith, you can't share it. If you don't trust Jesus, you won't share Jesus. But if you do, then you're able to share it. If you have faith, you're able to share it. Now, we spend a lot of time in this church uh, sharing how to get faith. Faith comes by hearing, Romans 10, 17. It comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. It's when God speaks to you about something. I want you to do this. Now, it doesn't make any sense, but God will speak. He will show you through your mind's eye. He Perhaps he'll speak audibly, but very rarely. He doesn't yell, but if there's a still, small voice, God will whisper, I want you to walk across the room, and I want you to share with that person. I want you to shift gears in your life. I want you to do something that you haven't done before. God will speak to you what you're supposed to do. That will give you a deep-seated trust in your heart. If you launch out without a word from God, whether it's written in the Bible or God speaks to you, if you launch out on your own, you have no basis for faith. Somebody once said to me, uh, oh, we're, we're stepping out in faith. And I said, oh, really? What, what are you doing? And they go, we're going to buy this house. It's a real step of faith. And I said, oh, okay. Did God tell you to buy the house? Well, no, or we can't afford it. So it's a real step of faith. And I said to him, we'll call it risk. James Packer and, you know, all the billionaires of the world, they risk things all the time, but they'd never call that faith. See, faith comes when God speaks to you and God shows you to do something. 
Faith came when Levi was to get up and leave that tax-collecting job and follow Jesus. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Just stepping out because you can't afford something, that's, that's cool, like do it. But don't call it faith. Until God speaks that word, you have no basis for faith. How, how do I share my faith? Share your faith. Huh? How, how do I share my faith? Have it, because you can't share it if you don't have it. And then share it. So much of what people do in conversations, and I listen to a lot, they'll share about the economy, how bad it is. They'll share about politics. They'll share about everything's going to hell in a handbasket. They'll whinge and complain and talk about their boss and talk about their job and talk about the church. They'll talk about everybody. But the one thing they don't do is they don't share their faith. To share your faith, you have to share your faith. <laughs> you have to have it to share it, and you have to share it. So what are you talking about? How do you enter a conversation? Again, I said this, that sharing your faith, is, it, it, it's navigating the corridors of conversations of, of your world with people that have no faith or have little faith. So there's a conversation, and you might walk into the room, or you might walk over a party, and you walk over to a different group of people, and they're talking about the coronavirus. That's a big topic nowadays, isn't it? Have you noticed that? They're talking about the Victorian government. It might as well just be, you know, some oppressive dictatorship. You might agree with all of that. I don't know. But entering that, talking about that is not sharing your faith. That's sharing about the obvious. That's sharing something else. They might be talking about interest rates going up, the economy. That's a big topic. But we're, we're called to share our faith. Today's message, how do I share my faith with people of no faith or little faith? How do I do that? Share your faith. Until you share your faith, you haven't shared your faith. I know this sounds really obvious, and it is. You think, oh, well, isn't that, isn't that kind of obvious? It is obvious, but you have to stop and think. I'm sharing something all the time with people, but it's not faith until you're sharing your faith. So I intersect into a conversation that somebody's having. And somebody's whinging, and somebody's complaining, and somebody's... And, and, and I like to... Do a little measurement, have, have a thermometer to measure the temperature of, of, of faith in the room, and then go, now how can we raise the temperature here from total unbelief? We're all afraid because the virus is going to kill us, and China's going to kill us, and, you know, it's all done. I, I just know we, we maybe got one more year. <laughs> what does faith say about all of that? You have to ask that question. Well, God, what do you, you want to say in this conversation about the virus, the economy, politics, 
uh, all the other stuff, what's wrong with the company and the boss. What, what, what would faith have to say? Because faith has a voice. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Somebody in that conversation needs to hear the Word of God out of your mouth, and you intersect into that conversation with something called faith. Now, again, that's not preaching at somebody. I, I, I watch people all the time, and they just get preachy, and they start condemning everybody in the group, and people don't want to have a conversation with somebody. It's got like, oh, here they come again. But what about something like, yeah, that virus is pretty bad, the economy, it's, you know, interest rates, I guess they're going to keep going. I'm so thankful that I've got an assurance from God that it's not all about this world. I'm so thankful that God has given me a peace. Would you like to know how you can get a peace and an assurance? I'm not, I'm not worried about the virus or the economy or whatever that list of things that people are either whinging about or they're afraid of because they're talking about. I'm not worried about it. I'm calm in the middle of the storm because I'm so thankful. It's Christmas right now. I'm so thankful that God sent a Savior into the world. <laughs> that the world wouldn't be condemned and everybody drowned and just die a pitiful death. I'm so thankful that, that God loved the world that he sent his only son. I'm so thankful for that. And give a reason for while you're thankful. Give a reason for hope. Give, give a reason for the peace that you have. Dare to intersect these conversations because they're big opportunities. And God will lead you and navigate you through that. But to share your faith... Number one, you have to have it or you can't share it. Number two, you have to share it and share that instead of joining in the whinging and complaining and, you know, bagging the prime minister or the governor or whoever, the pandemic and preaching to people. Arguing is another one. People just love to argue. I don't argue. Get, getting into all these firefights. Some people know more about what they're against, but they don't know what they're for. And some of the conversations from believers, Christ followers, people of faith, are all about what they're against. I remember hearing the story of this old codger, and they're talking about all the changes that it happened in their day it was like the Industrial Revolution. And, the old, you know, they're talking about, oh, these, these new things called horseless carriages, cars. And can you believe it now? They can tap on a thing, and it goes through a wire, and somebody can get something called a telegraph, and all these changes. And this old guy goes, yeah, and I'm against every one of them. <laughs> and now, are we going to chime in and talk about what we're against? Or maybe are we going to talk about what and who we're for and who's for us? It's raising the elevation. It's elevating the conversation. It's not being weird. It's not just throwing Bible verses at people. It's not a private thing either. It's opening your mouth. But know what you're for as you head into this Christmas season because there are great opportunities called conversations that are opening up all around us. And realize this, that you are an ambassador for Christ. An ambassador is, a, is the highest ranking dignitary from one nation into another. 
but the ambassador rep represents the nation they're from, not the nation that they're in. The Russian ambassador represents Russia, not Australia, obviously. You are an ambassador. You are the highest ranking dignitary from heaven into this earth. So pull your shoulders back. Don't try to act like one. Just be one because you are. We are ambassadors for Christ, the Word of God tells us. So just be who you are. Think like an ambassador. Talk like an ambassador. Pull your shoulders back this Christmas in conversations that you go into. Remember, you are entering that conversation as the highest ranking delegate from God's kingdom into this kingdom, walking from the kingdom of light as an ambassador into the kingdom of darkness to cut through the darkness, not with useless chatter, whinging and against everything, but with a vocabulary, Our, my God is able. I'm so glad that God's on the throne. I'm so glad that God's given me peace in the middle of this storm. How, how do I share my faith? Number three, if you're taking notes, follow Jesus. We're all following something or someone. Follow Jesus. Levi got up. He left everything, and he followed Jesus. If you're following Jesus, you're going to be like Jesus. That's the whole object of the whole thing, is to be like him. And it's pretty easy when you figure it out that he's in me, so I can't really miss unless I'm not following him. If I'm following something else, then I'm going to become like whatever it is or whoever it is that I'm following. If I'm following Jesus, then I'm going to be like Jesus. I cannot be religious, and I mean that in a, um, a legalistic format because there is a, a definition of religion which is pure and undefiled. It's doing good to orphans and widows. I'm not talking about that. There is pure and undefiled religion, and Jesus talks about that. I'm talking about being a person that's bound up with rules and regulations and acting, it's called a hypocrite, being somebody who they're generally, they're not. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about religious is in just behavior that doesn't measure up with the heart. You cannot follow Jesus and be that person. You cannot be a Pharisee and be following Jesus because why? Because Jesus is not religious. So I can't say I'm following him. The most unreligious thing Levi did when he was following Jesus was he threw a party. And he invited all the people from the tax office and all the others called sinners to come to the banquet where they ate and drank the party. That was so unreligious. And I love it because he was following Jesus and Jesus showed up. Jesus didn't go, no, Levi. Man, what don't you understand? We don't do that anymore. We hang out together. We don't, we don't eat with other. We don't allow drinking with other sinners. Bad word, Levi. No, I'm not coming to your party. It was like a big, yes, I'm going to be there. Of course I'm going to be there, Levi. This is why I came into the world, to save those that are lost. 
I came into the world for this reason, and so you are lining up exactly with my heart and with my desire for humanity. Let's go. Who have you invited? Good job. Great list. Have you thought about that other guy down at the pub? I don't know, wherever. Like, let's just think about this. He threw a party. Number four, how do I share my faith? This is one of the wisest things that I've ever done, and I encourage you for it. Talk and walk with people who are different than you. One of the wisest things that I have ever done, and I'm so thankful, is I began to develop friendships with people that weren't like me. Well, what does that do? It broadens your scope. It, it exposes you to more than just your own little clicky culture. For me, part of that journey was all the way across the ocean to the land down under, which thinks so differently, even though we speak English. I was explaining this to Akira about the differences between American English and Australian English, and there's so many differences between the two. But the main difference is the mindsets. And you're like, yeah, that's right, those Yanks. You're not right and they're wrong. It's just different. Do you understand that? Most other countries and cultures, now, oh, we're, we're right. They're, no, you're just you. And they're just them. And exposing yourself purposely to people who are different than you is one of the wisest things you will ever do if you want to be like Jesus because that's what Jesus did. Jesus isn't just Jesus to the Jews in Jerusalem. Jesus is Jesus to the Chinese in China and the Aussies down under and the Americans and everybody on the whole planet, all 8 billion. Jesus speaks all of those languages. Jesus understands every single culture. The question is, how many do you understand? Oh, no, no, we just get together, we talk our talk. We're in our comfort zone. Well, you'll be a very small person in the end. Whereas you could broaden things drastically, make friends with people who are different. And you never know somebody until you walk in their shoes. Until you listen to them and understand, listen to understand, you'll never know them until you walk in their shoes. Recently, I was at a party and I got to meet uh, a movie producer, also, also produces uh, a television program, part of Bondi Rescue. Perhaps you've watched this, but uh, uh, Rick is his name, Rick McPhee. He, he won an Emmy a couple years ago, I don't know, maybe three, four years ago, for a documentary. It got best documentary. It's called uh, Go Back to Where You Came From. And it was a documentary, I believe it was for the ABC, SBS, on uh, the boat people that had come into Australia. And, and, and so this documentary revealed these people's lives and where they'd lived and the hardships that so many of them went through and the desperation to actually pay good money to get on leaky boats, some of which perished. It, it, it tracked their story, this documentary. Go back to where you came from. And sitting down and talking with this, this man about this, I'm very intrigued about, you know, how did this happen and who, who got the idea for that and how did that develop? And it must have taken like 
hours and hours to go back to where they came from and track their journey and, and everything else. And I, and, I, and I think, what an amazing thing if we have, as Christians, as Christ followers, could ditch the whole idea of go back to where you came from and seeing people of other religions and from other countries and other cultures as the enemy and start to see these people as people that were born into something. They had no choice. You had no choice. People that are deserving to learn about a God that loves them so much that he gave his only begotten son for the whole world. I mean, that's love, isn't it? That's incredible. There's not one person, no matter what ethnicity they are, no matter what socioeconomic status that they have, no matter what religion that they're from, no matter what country that they're from, you have never looked into the eyes, the face of one single person on the planet that God does not love so intensely that he died for. Not one. So how dare us? And why not look at the opportunity that presents itself to walk across the room? I'm not talking just here at church, but to walk across the street to be nice to the person at the 7-Eleven that probably has a doctorate degree that you don't have, that probably has a lot of money somewhere that's made the journey across here instead of all oh, those people that are coming in here. Yeah, a lot of them are doing jobs that none of, nobody here wants to do. And they're wonderful people. I know because I've met a lot of them and give them the time of day, and treat them with respect, and maybe just being a nice person will result in something called, hey, you're a nice person. <laughs> maybe we can get together and have a coffee. Maybe I can share my faith. Instead of being a hater, instead of being a bigot and all the rest of it, he goes to a party, and he brings all these people that are different, if you're going to walk with people that are different, and I hope that we all do, I hope we do it with intention. Not just, oh, yeah, somebody introduces you. Yeah, yeah, I'll make a bit of conversation. But why not walk across the room purposely? Why not have somebody back for a meal? Why not get to know somebody that's just totally different from you? <laughs> and when we do that, it's going to take us out of our cadence, so to speak, our gate if you're a runner. You're going to interrupt, interrupt the rhythm of your, of your normal life because it needs to be interrupted. I know when Gail and I are walking, I used to walk really fast. Now I don't know why, I just don't. She is a fast walker. And sometimes I'll go, can you just slow down? Like, it's hard for me to keep up with her. I might as well just run. Like, seriously. To walk with her, she has to slow down or I have to speed up. And if you're going to walk with people that are different from you, chances are you're going to have to adjust your walk somewhat. You're going to have to adjust your mindset about people. You're going to have to stop fearing people that are different than you. That's a big thing, isn't it? Feel their pain. You can't be another person, another gender, uh, another ethnicity, but you can walk with them and you can learn about them and discover a whole new world. 
your, your world will be broadened, especially this Christmas. We have to adjust our pace and learn how to do that. Number five, <laughs> how do I share my faith? Number five, understand <laughs> that not everybody understands. <laughs> They're not bad people out there. They're not insulting you because they don't get it. The longer you've been churched, the harder it is to relate to people that aren't churched. And they're questioning, isn't it? It's not an attack. They don't understand because they don't understand. <laughs> it's just that simple. I think if somebody's asking questions, they really do want to get it, but they don't get it. Not everybody understands. We need to understand that not everybody understands. Like I said about a foreign language, it's just a foreign language that we speak. The longer that we've been in our Christian world, the, the, the more our vocabulary changes. We're speaking another language to somebody that doesn't speak that language. We have to stop and go, okay, I get it. They don't understand even the basics. They just don't understand, and I have to understand and have understanding and patience for people that don't understand. Slow down. Walk with them. Try to, try to put it and frame it up in their, in their language so that they, they get it. Communication is so important that God named his only son communication. No, he didn't. In the beginning was the word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. What do you think the word word means? It means the thoughts, ideas, and intentions of a person. Another way of saying the word is communication. How important is communication? It's incredible that God so loved the world that he communicated into our world by sending his, uh, us his son, by sending his word, he communicated into your life in a language that somehow you got a hold of and you understood. Now, don't we owe it to people to bring our vocabulary in line to where they're at and try to explain things very simply, even with the most uneducated person, to talk in a way that they get the message, not way above in some other language. Understand they don't understand. It's a foreign language. And the last one I'm going to give you, how do I share my faith? See the funny side of life. <laughs> it's Christmas. <laughs> one of the hallmarks of Christmas is that your heart be merry. Don't take yourself so seriously <laughs> with all of it. See, this, see the funny side. I was in way back after I first became a Christ follower. I decided I was going to door knock on every single apartment. I lived in this massive apartment complex. I was going to knock on every single door, hundreds of doors. And I was going to share Jesus with every single person. I did that after work. It's winter time, it's getting dark, knocking on doors, most of the doors slamming in my face. So, do you know Jesus? I'd like to share Jesus with you. And I remember I was 
getting pretty discouraged. I had a girlfriend at the time. We'd go together. Then we broke up, so it was just me going by myself. <laughs> I think she broke up because she didn't want to do it anymore, to be honest. Couldn't blame her, but it's like a salesman for Jesus kind of a thing. And I'm doing a knock on every door. I'll never forget, I knocked on this door. These two guys were in there, and they were smoking some weed. They opened up the door, and the blast hit me in the face. And then I started to talk about Jesus. It must have been some good weed. They started laughing their guts out. Ha! I mean, they're looking at me like I had a clown outfit on. And I mean, they're belly laughing. You know what I did? I started laughing with them. I saw how funny it must look to somebody that just finished off a joint of Colombian or whatever. It's like, yeah, it is pretty funny, isn't it? This, this random comes to your door when you're stoned and starts telling about Jesus. They invited me in. I didn't smoke anything with them, but I, I laughed. I was laughing with them. Chill out. Jesus got invited to a party. What do you think he did at that party? Tell everybody they're going to hell? Speak in a language they didn't understand? I think he ate and drank with them and laughed a lot and imparted his spirit. <laughs> I think they had a good time because Jesus was there. They should have a good time if you're there but you got to start not taking yourself so seriously. That's the other guys. That's the Pharisees. Learn to laugh at yourself. I don't like it if other people are laughing at me, but I can laugh at me. You need to laugh at you. Humans are funny people. It's what comedy does so well. They find whatever it is that's common amongst us in humanity and they bring out something and everybody's laughing. What are they laughing? They're laughing at themselves. They're laughing at how, how funny we are as people. You are a people. You are a human. You are funny. So laugh at yourself. And share the joy this Christmas. Amen. Let's stand together. Yeah, okay. God's good. I want us all to go out and just have a ball. I want us to just have the best time sharing our faith, being who we are, not acting, just being who you are. Thank you. My beautiful assistant. Give it up for my beautiful assistant. <laughs> well, I'd like to go out with a song, but before we do, I'd like to pray. And um, this prayer is not a formula. I know I say this frequently because I don't want you to think this is some recipe or some formula. Um, I could mix it up and change it. It's not, a re it's not a formula. There is no formula to get saved. But it's asking Jesus into your heart and giving your life to him. It also is repenting. It means you're turning from going your way to turning his ways. quite simple. So if you'd like to be included in that prayer, if you have any doubt at all as to whether you're heaven-bound or not, I've lost... Uh, three really close people to me in about as many weeks. Two of them are cousins, not together, all separately, and one one of my favorite uncles 
they're all they're all believers they're all in heaven right now my cousin Gwen who watched our um, YouTube um, every week she'd say oh man great message really love the message she's in heaven she died on, on Monday Tuesday our time just dead in heaven but I'm so thankful that she knew Jesus and she's with Jesus but what about you if you died today would you do you know for sure that you would go to be with him if there's any doubt at all you've never made that decision I'd like you to pray this prayer after me so you can repeat it after me it's just simple. It's asking Jesus into your heart. So I'd like you just to close your eyes. You can bow your head if you want to. If you're watching online or listening podcast, keep driving the car. Don't close your eyes. Uh, but why don't we pray right now and ask Jesus into our hearts. We can all pray together. Say, dear God, I thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to save me from my sin. Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. Come into my heart. Amen. God bless you guys. Let's have a great Christmas time. Let's bring people to church. Amen. Let's get out there. Amen, amen. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.